MM Comscast, buzzing with industry insights. Hello and welcome to the MM Comscast podcast with me, Mike Croft. Over the last 15 months, live events haven't been able to take place. And in response to that, industry hasn't stood still. Businesses still need to meet, interact and deliver strategy and update their employees. In a response, virtual events have been developed. With me today, I have PK, Event Director Extraordinaire. Nobody has more expertise, skill and understanding when it comes to putting on events. I want to talk about how hosting virtual events has informed the progression to hybrid events, which is a step closer back to the old normal of live events. PK, welcome to the MM Comms Cast. Hi, Mike. Firstly, and in as few words as possible, can you please tell me what a virtual event is? Well, I guess in a nutshell, Mike, the, the whole difference between a, a live event and a virtual event would be the fact that you don't have an audience in attendance. And instead, people log in via a web portal and watch the proceedings on their screen, whether it's a workstation or a laptop or whether it's on an iPad or even on their phones and uh, watch the, uh, the key messages being unfolded uh, within the comfort of their own environment. For years now, live events have been streamed, but events were not designed around the home audience. They were for the people in the room. What are the insights around audience that have been discovered to create great experiences for remote attendees? It's not just a case of fly on the wall of a live event. You have to change the whole mindset of how that the audience from a remote watching point of view are going to actually witness the key messages being delivered. You need to start to think of, well, if it was a physical event, you, know, you wouldn't expect your audience to get up and walk out and you wouldn't expect your audience to start getting their phones out and start checking emails and, and browsing. Whereas because of the virtual event style, people are in the comfort of their own houses or in their own lounges where you know, if you don't capture their attention straight away and hold it there, then you are one click away from losing your audience or at worst being minimalized and, uh, and have email or even eBay pop up beside you. So we found that the virtual event has to have a lot more thinking about. And most virtual audiences, they like to see the whites of the eyes of the presenters. And so we find it necessary to explain and brief and instruct all our presenters how to work to camera, and how to put over a lot more of the feeling that you just assume is natural when you do a live event. So it's a shift for the presenters that they must learn how to talk to the camera and engage with an audience in that way. Tell me how else you keep the audience engaged. Because the virtual event is not face-to-face, then you need to put yourself in that the audience point of view. And so you have to make sure that they're not isolated, they're not just watching uh, we encourage a lot of polls and we encourage a lot of feedback, a lot of voting, which is all available within the, the web platform. We make sure that the Q&As are coming in live, they're answered live. And so therefore, if someone has a point to make, then as a watcher, they can see their answer unfold live on screen. The whole audience feel like they're not just sat there remotely. It, it is a very much of a two-way thing. And if presenters aren't actually on site, um, 
within a virtual studio point of view, then we we connect them remotely. And so we'll bring them in on a two-way link where they can present along with slides and graphics if they want to. And uh, they'll appear as if they are within the environment. But then likewise, we can also do that with the audience. Uh, we do awards where we've gone live to the award winners um, on the spur of the moment, and they've been joined to a meeting under uh, false pretenses. But um, we then created a two-way dialogue between the, the awards host and the winner. And that's, you know, that, that again creates this two-way traffic that for years we've all taken for granted. And uh, that, you know, you turn up at an event, you get to see people, get to chat. Whereas when you're virtual, there is a risk of feeling a little bit isolated, a little bit on your own, whereas these steps make it feel a bit more involved. And then there's also the, the post, you know, on demand a facility where we can then have the whole event or part of the events replayed within a time strain so people can go back in if they were to miss it and watch it again. Now we're moving into a new phase and one that may become the norm for many events in the future, the hybrid event. How does a hybrid event extend from the virtual event and what value does it add? Because the restrictions from the, the government are now easing off slightly and therefore we are allowed to have a limited number of people within an environment, which of course then has an immediate knock on. Then the, the hybrid event, which is the next step up from a virtual event, um, is, a, is a natural progression for us because it means that we, we get best of both worlds with a live virtual event being streamed, but with a reduced audience from a, a presenter point of view, this, this helps greatly. An audience will be sat uh, within the sight lines of the, the studio so they can see what's going on. But the main focus from a presenter point of view would be to still perform to camera because the main audience will still be online. But from um, a sterile isolation point of view, it, it works better having the human element because it means then you get the applause, you get the feedback, you get a bit of a buzz in the air. And you know, we find that it, it does help spirits. It brings up, it lifts the presenters it just helps with the general buzz. So this is good for getting people into a room together whilst allowing greater numbers to attend online. Perhaps people who are too far away, who cannot attend in person because of other commitments or health reasons, and most obviously due to current social distancing measures. Considering in-person attendees will see the presentations much like a television studio audience would, what is the appeal in actually going to the event? Well, we've in the, again, in the past, we've used it as an opportunity to almost treat them as VIPs. So they do get, they get lunch and they get tables hosted by the exec of the, of the client that we're working for. And there's lots of sort of network and interaction time. And I think it's deemed as being you know, a bit of a, a privilege, a bit of a treat to be on site and be part of it. And, and it is very much sort of studio feel. So they do feel like it's it's actually uh, you know a, a worthy um, celebration for them to be there, um, but from our point of view, it sort of helps from a, a lifting the spirit and giving the the whole sort of broadcast a bit more of a live feel. 
it's very similar to in the old days when they would have attended a normal event and arrive and have the day experience and then leave. The only difference is that uh, it's only a handful of people rather than sort of being hundreds or, or thousands in attendance. So their experience is a, is a lot more VIP, custom, personal, really, because they get hands-on to what's going on. How is the digital platform or portal, if you like, keeping the conversation going once the lights are turned off? Our web broadcasts are available on demand host event. So then you can log back into the site moments after us, uh, us finishing broadcast and we'll see that you're able to either rewatch the entire broadcast or you can rewatch certain elements. And it's so much easier as well to post up the video content or the slide content within the web portal. So if anyone's got any queries or questions or want to reuse some of the elements, it's all there available for them. It also means that you know, the, if you have got a busy day and you can't make it for that particular time, then you know that in the evening or the following day, you can log back into the web portal and watch it more convenient for you. What do you think has given you the edge over other event companies when it comes to delivering hybrid events? Media Maker is, is lucky in the fact that we have several different elements within our business. We have the, the digital side where we create and manage web portals and web platforms and uh, you know, websites and e-learning. And then we also have the, the video production side, which takes care of all our, our video needs um, from a production and creation and development point of view. And then we have the live event side. Uh, which, of course, is what uh, is where I work and uh, where we take care of, you know, before the pandemic, all our live events and, uh, and now all our virtual live events. And so I suppose as a, as a company, we, we're in the best position where we're able to take care of, of anything and everything that uh, comes along from a digital live video format point of view. I'd like to go back to the format a little, if I may. You've set up like a television studio, so this must offer quite a bit of scope to cut between sets and presenters quickly to create quite a dynamic show. We recently did an event where we had a mixture of green screen environments and also a physical environment as well, which worked really well because the presenters then linked over to the fact that they were going to the, the virtual studio which then explained why some of these people were in a different environment to the, the physical one that the initial presenter was in. Yeah, like a news anchor. So the virtual studio sounds like an extremely exciting prospect. I'm thinking swingometer. Are businesses awake to the possibilities of this? Yeah, the virtual studio with green screen is definitely an up-and-coming format. It's growing more and more. There's a lot more demand for it because there is so much flexibility and you could create, you know, whether you produce your presenter presenting from a beach or whether it's from a, a sports studio, the environments can be created to, to suit the need of what needs to be said. This is brilliant for the remote audience who see the composite view. But the live audience will be looking at the presenter on a green screen. How do you resolve that? Yes, you're right. The, the audience do see... Uh, you know, presenters stood on a, a green screen floor and a green screen background. 
which with all the power of imagination, you do struggle to sort of envisage how that really looks. And so what we do then is we put remote uh, relay screens up. And so they get to see what the cameras are seeing from a, a physical point of view, and then also what the end result is. So they get to see a TX or a program output on their screen so that they can see the green screen environment. To be on stage and present is a skill that one learns over time. How are you preparing speakers to interact with a virtual studio? We try and make sure that time is allowed to do plenty of rehearsals. And so presenters get to understand you know, where they can go, where they can't go, where the eye line needs to be. Because uh, you know, again, with a green screen environment, it's not just a case of plonking somebody on. And there it is, because it can look very false at times. So a lot more sort of effort needs to go into a green screen because then it needs to look genuine and work well. And yeah, the swingometer is a perfect example because uh, you know, that, the, the guys who do that, they clearly have rehearsed it to death and uh, they know their environments and they know where they can go and how to work it. Whereas uh, if you put your normal corporate presenter on there, then uh, you know, it would still get you know, quite a good effect, but I don't think it'd be as if we worked as hard. Okay, although patching live video into events has been possible for years, it hasn't really been used very much. Now that everybody's familiar with using video calls and patching in live feeds into virtual events is common, does this mean that people who have taken a holiday as an opportune moment will no longer be able to escape with a pre-recorded video message? Sometimes we have linked to people sat in a very obvious uh, holiday home of some types and uh, and we've even had the, the the kids being chewed away like we, uh, we we saw on the early days of the news interviews and it, it's uh, it's one of those things and uh, we did have a, a dog's tail walk past the screen at one point but um, but I think also you know we've had people say no I'm on holiday so I think it's although it is possible I don't think it's uh, it's not a, a stipulation. I think people are still safe. Safe for now. Uh, next steps, holograms? <laughs> How hard can it be? <laughs> so good to talk to you and quite a bit to digest there. Social distancing has forced the events industry to adapt, but it's never stood still. There's always been innovation. But these last 15 months have seen mass adoption of digital communication and events being tailored towards remote viewing and interaction. With restrictions being lifted, and as we see a move towards a new hybrid model, are the digital adaptions something that will remain? I think they will for some events, and I think they will be welcomed by some people. You've been listening to the MM Comscast with me, Mike Croft. If you'd like to get in touch with the show's producers, you can so via email. The address is hello at mediamaker.co.uk. And don't forget to subscribe to never miss an episode. Bye for now. MM Comscast, buzzing with industry insights.